to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. everybody doing today this morning well honored and excited to be here oh all at the same time what a great family you have here I mean this is just incredible I fear just to hear Miss Judy's story I mean it's just like okay message is done God spoke to my heart let's pray and let's go home right but uh, I just want to thank Pastor Phil and uh, Miss Kelly for inviting me here as your guest as your guest and uh, just thank you so much I don't think we've ever like officially met, so he totally went on uh, Pastor Dino's word and trusted that it was going to be okay, and thank God for the Holy Spirit. But um, I am from Healing Place Church, and uh, everything that we do and everything we've come from, I thank God for my pastors, Dino and Delenn, for pouring into our lives. Um, I'm a big believer, a firm believer of the local church, to be planted in the local church. And if God's called you to this church here under the leadership of Pastor Phil, I just encourage you to plunge in, to give it everything you got. Dive into this local church because there is a blessing that comes with that. You will flourish in the local church. Amen? So yes, I can say I've been at my local church for 16 years, going on 17. And uh, I feel like I'm a daughter of the house over there. And I thank God for great leadership at Healing Place Church. And uh, just to, to be planted, it's just a great thing. But um, we're going to, um, before we dive into the word, I just want to say we got some special guests here that followed me along as well. And uh, I made sure to invite them too. But I got some HPCers. Can y'all stand for just a second? Can we give a warm welcome for all our HPCers visitors? <laughs> I got to pick on y'all, too. And I actually have my twin brother. He's in the house this morning. Ed, wave your hand. That's my twin right there. But I am five minutes older than he is, okay? Just to make it clear, I'm a little bit older. Five minutes, you know, five minutes later he came. So he's the first born out of the twin. But uh, just to give you a little background of uh, who we are, you know, as a family. And uh, my parents are... They've been missionaries their whole life. My grandfather was a missionary in the Amazon. Actually, my grandmother delivered over a thousand babies. She was a midwife, uh, half German and American. And uh, so she was a midwife in the Amazon, delivered. I never got to meet her. She died actually out in the mission field uh, before my dad even got married when they were young. And uh, so my dad, well, he felt called of God to be a missionary in the Amazon and to stay out there. His, all of his siblings left. And uh, my dad was the only one that stayed in the mission field. He felt called to stay through the Amazon. And he's been, a, he's been planting churches his whole life, over 30-something years out there. And uh, now I have a brother who's a missionary, one of my youngest brothers. I got four boys. I'm the only girl. So lots of prayer on my behalf. And I'm actually very tough because of all the boys. They'll beat me up. I'll beat them back. But um, so I have a younger brother that is actually a missionary in Africa and Mozambique. He's one of our campus pastors out of Healing Place Church. So uh, that's my little um, background. I did come here at 16 
and um, it's just been it's just been an awesome journey, and just excited to be here. But you know, I can't go any further without acknowledging the man of my life, the husband, the father of my children, Ali Demarest. Could you please stand for just a second? There you go. He is a Metairie boy, so um, came from New Orleans and went to Baton Rouge and totally fell in love with him, and uh, we've been married for almost seven years in August, but um, just love him to death, so yes, excited. So look at the woman next to you, if you're next to a mom, say happy Mother's Day one more time. We're just going to make sure we acknowledge all of our mamas and... um, you know, Mother's Day, it is a, um, I, I miss my mama. She's actually in Africa right now. So she is with my brother, Isaac. And uh, they're spending about a year there just to help my brother, you know, continue to launch the church and grow. They're averaging about 400. A lot of kids there in Africa, they feed, they have a care point, they feed the children, working with moms. So God's just been doing some phenomenal things with them over in Africa. And my mom is over there. My dad, they're spending, you know, a few months there. So I just miss her today. But um, there's a few things I want to read to you that I wish my mama would have told me, you know, before we get into the message, I wish my mom would have told me certain things before motherhood. So I have to be to pick with all of you that already been mamas out there. I wish I wish my mama would have told me these things. Here's the first one. I wish you would have told me to enjoy sleep before motherhood. You know, nap, it's a luxury that becomes a necessity you've never seemed to have enough of. Buy nice sheets, roll around in them, spend a whole day in bed. The next time you do it, you'll be comforting a feverish, puking child, and that's not nearly as enjoyable. I wish she would have told me that. I wish my mom would have told me to appreciate my body. As flawed as it may be after children, it will be worse. <laughs> Droopier, stretched out, and mushy. Even your feet will be bigger. Get a pedicure and flaunt them. <laughs> There's something about the feet. Every kid, my feet got bigger. I started at 8, and now I'm at 9. So I told my husband, we got to stop at 3, because I'll be at 12 by the time we're done if we keep going. I wish my mom would have told me to drive a fun car, a convertible or a Beetle. Blast music that you love. Soon you'll be driving a minivan and singing along some kids' silly songs, even when you're alone in the car. Can I get an amen? I don't drive a minivan, but it's close. Uh, Travel with your spouse. I wish you would have told me to travel more. Family vacations are wonderful, but not the same. And finding someone to watch three kids under five, impossible. Eat out at really nice places. So if you haven't had kids yet, you know, I'm giving you some awesome advice here. Eat out at really nice places. Indulge in a five-course meal. Chew your food. Savor it. Soon you'll be dining at chain restaurants, scarfing down leftover grilled cheese. If you're lucky enough to get a nice restaurant once you have kids, you'll be paying the equivalent of an extra meal and babysitting fees. Linger. Amen? Another thing I wish my mom would have told me, do things spur of the moment. Jet off somewhere at the last minute with, with nothing but the clothes on your back. Have an impromptu adventure because once you have kids, you'll need to plan everything. Whew, try planning family vacations. Okay, another thing, call in sick to work and use a day off for yourself. Moms never get the day off. You'll make up for that sick day tenfold by caring for sick children when you are indeed yourself sick. I mean, you catch the stomach bug and your kids are puking, you're puking on the other side. Amen. Spend more money on yourself. Invest in some really great forever items because once you have kids, the trade-off will not seem worth it. You calculate the number of diapers you could buy for the cost of those designer sunglasses. Buy them now and wear them later. (laughs) Okay, number nine, pee with the door shut before you have kids. It will be years before you get to do that again. 
That is so true. Okay, I just gotta, I gotta pick on the girls here for just a second, okay? Men, just kind of put your hands over your ears. You don't have to hear this, but nobody ever told me that once you have kids, you can't do jumping jacks, jump on the trampoline without peeing on yourself. I don't get that. How come my mama never told me that? It's so true. Surgery? What is it? I need to talk to some of you mamas out there. Okay, number 10, underappreciate your parents. Roll your eyes at them. Question their actions and judgment. Tell them they don't know everything. Once you have kids, you have a newfound appreciation for them and discover that they know a lot more than you gave them credit for. Ignorance is bliss. Amen, amen, amen. That's so cool. I'm going to save this list because I need that for my Giselle. Let me tell you some stuff, honey. Well, we're going to pray, and uh, I titled the message, Arm and Dangerous Mother Goose. We want to be armed, and we want to be dangerous in the kingdom of God, armed and dangerous against the enemy. Amen? So take out your pens and papers and your Bible, and if you don't have a, a notepad, just find a piece of paper, because trust me, you're going to want to write these, these down, because you will need to study them and review them, and it's something that you apply, you can apply to every day of your life. So uh, let's just be prepared to receive. Let's go to Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for this awesome, awesome morning, Lord God, that we can just soak into your presence. We've already had an awesome time of worship, God, just to enter in, Father, and worship you for who you are. And Lord God, we just ask that you would speak to our hearts, that we just open Open up our hearts to receive what you have for us, Lord, the love that you're lavishing on us today and all the mothers in this house. We thank you, God, for what you're doing and continue to do the work in our hearts. And that we'll leave here, Father, not the same as we walked in, God, but forever chained. In Jesus' name, and everyone says, amen, amen. amen. Well, you see, I, I, I titled that message because I want to, you know, the, the armed and dangerous mom. We need to be scared because the enemy... This is what he wants to do. He wants us to be uh, not armed. He wants us to be unplugged, stripped off of strength, stripped off of our dignity. He wants us weak. He wants us defeated. He wants us down. In fact, it says in First Peter, I'm just gonna. Uh, I'm actually using the Amplified version because it is Mother's Day, and I believe the Amplified was. Uh, it's a translation written by a woman, so I'm honoring her as well. But in First Peter five eight, it says, "We know this very well." It says, "Be well balanced, be vigilant and cautious at all times, for that enemy of yours, the devil, roams around like a roaring lion, like a, ro- a lion who is roaring." In fierce hunger, seeking someone to seize and devour. You see, the enemy does not just want you to be sad. He does not just want you to be down. He wants you destroyed. And if he can't get to you, he wants to get to your kids. And if he can't get to your kids, he wants to get to your family, your spouse. He wants to destroy our lives. And he's vicious at it. He is persistent at it. But God... Thank God that there's a but God. God intervenes and God rescues us. And God has certain things that he wants us to be clothed so that we can be ready and prepared for the battle that's before us. You see, when you, the life before Christ, before you serve God, it seemed like everything was okay because you weren't a threat for the devil. But the minute you surrendered your life to Christ, the minute you give your life over to Jesus, you become a threat at the enemy's camp. You become a threat to the devil because there's a power that's infused inside of you. The Holy Spirit comes in you, and you become the devil's number one enemy. 
So there's four things that I want to talk to you about that we must put on each day. And this applies to all of us, all the fathers, all the men, all of us women, the church of God. This applies to all of us. There's these things that we must put on each day. Because if we don't, you know, and, and, and the word of God is just, is just full of things that we know that we need to receive. And we just can't live without eating and living this word. Amen. But I pick four just for the, for the sake of time. The first thing I, I, I wanted to talk about is the crown of grace. In Proverbs 4, not 4, 9, it says, it's talking about wisdom. It says, she shall give you to your head a wreath of gratefulness, gracefulness, a crown of beauty and glory will she deliver to you. A crown of beauty and glory and grace. Now, how many of you watched the royal wedding about two weeks ago? Oh, any men to admit that you just kind of, oh, there you go. Thank you. The first two row right there. But, um, you know, did anybody wake up early to watch it? All right. Yay. Nothing spiritual about that. But, but anyway, as we're watching that, the whole world was watching this royal wedding unfold right before our eyes. Here is true royalty in real life. Correct. You know, Kate and William there is the prince and the future princess. And, um, and to watch that, you almost think, wow, they're there and I'm here, you know, they're, they're royalty and I'm right here. And, uh, to talk, you know, thinking about the crown of grace. And as I sat there and watched it, I kind of got this like whisper, this, this just, uh, this conviction deep down inside of me or the Holy spirit. Cause I mean, he's watching it with me too. I mean, I think Jesus is very romantic and you know, God is into royal tales and fairy tale stories and all the chick flick movies, you know, and my husband loves watching them with me too. I don't know if he loves it, but he does it, uh, because he loves me. How about that? And uh, so I'm just sitting there watching this fairy tale and it's just like, wow, they're so sweet. They're so romantic. Oh, look at the royalty. And I felt like God just dropped something in my spirit. And he says, you know, you're royalty too. I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, the Bible talks about that. Yeah, I know. I mean, yeah, you're King Jesus and I'm, you know, I'm, no, he's like, you're royalty. You are royalty. You come from royal blood. The minute Jesus comes inside of you, he is the older brother. We are royalty. And it's like, wow, yeah, that is so true. I am royalty. I kind of just sat up there for a second. I'm like, I really believe it. Do you believe it? That you are true royalty. You're born here in this earth. You live in a zip code. You live on earth, but you're not of this earth. We belong to a heavenly kingdom. We belong to another kingdom. We just get so, you know, it's so, it's so easy to just get used to a routine in our day-to-day life. And, you know, you live and breathe and you eat and, and you take care of your kids. You go to work and you come home. We get so used to that that we forget that we are really set apart, that we really belong to a whole different kingdom. And the crown of grace, now here's the, the cool thing about the crown of grace. If we put on the crown of grace, beauty and glory... When the enemy comes at us to attack us with guilt and condemnation, I can say, hold on one second. You cannot come any closer because I am a child of God and I have the crown of glory, the crown of grace on me. Back off. I'm royalty. 
We need to ex- exercise. We receive the grace of God, but we really need to believe that we have the grace of God. You know, I have a hard time sometimes believing like God can really give me grace. And it's like, I believe in the scripture, you know, for by grace, you've been saved. You know, it's something that you cannot earn. It's not, it's a gift that's given to you, but to walk in the grace day to day. Sometimes I forget that I have the grace of God over my life. So I want you to envision every day, put on the crown of glory, the crown of beauty, the crown of grace in your head. You know, when you're in front of a mirror, I have the crown of grace. I have royalty. I am royalty. I am the royal blood. Not some man or some queen has to give me a crown because Jesus has already given me the crown and I am royalty. You see, grace is something that we receive from God, but sometimes it's really hard to give to others. You know, my mom, speaking of moms, she, uh, she did a great job raising us kids. I think she did awesome. And so every now and then, you know, I start telling her stories about our childhood. And one day I was telling her, I said, oh, mom, you know, I was, I was like, mama, do you remember a day where, um, I was asking you for a big ball. There was, a, you know, I remember these plastic big balls. They sell them at Walmart, especially around summertime. But we're out in Brazil, and, and I really wanted this big, big ball. So I asked my mama for this ball all day long, all day long. So I'm like, man, mama, I was just so determined. And I look at her, and she's like, I'm so sorry. I didn't give you the ball. I'm so sorry. I didn't take care of you. I wasn't paying attention to you. I'm like, whoa, I was just talking about a ball, mama. I said, it's okay. I said, you're fine. I said, mom, you did a great job. Mama, it's okay. And she's like, I'm so sorry. I said, mama, the grace of God is on us. Receive the grace of God. There is no guilt or condemnation, mama, for those that are in Christ Jesus. Mama, you've been forgiven. Mama, there's nothing wrong. You did a great job raising us. Great job, mamas. And it's like, you know, from that, I'm just like, mom, you, you can't live the rest of your life apologizing for what you didn't do to us, for what you should have or could have, would have done better, been a better mom. I said, mom, just embrace what you've done. I thank God for the heritage that you've passed on to us. Great job. I'm giving grace back. Sometimes we just need to give a little more grace back. It's easy to receive grace this way, but we have a hard time giving grace this way. We need to be a little more gracious this way. Amen. So it's like grace been given to me. Let me give grace back to you. The crown of grace, glory and beauty. We carry that. We got to be armed with it so that there is no guilt and there is no condemnation. We cannot walk in guilt and condemnation day in and day night. Mess up. You do some things wrong. Say, Lord, forgive me, Father. I need to repent. I need to change my ways. Father, I put that under the blood of Jesus and let it go. There is nothing we can do about the past. It is under grace. Amen. And the other thing is that we need to be clothed and armed as we're armed and dangerous for the enemies to be clothed in strength. Now, this is powerful here to be clothed in strength, to be strong. It's a calling. It's a mandate that is on us, that has been given to us from God, that we must walk in it. You already have it in you. You got to draw it out of you and believe that you're truly strong. In fact, in Proverbs 31, 25, it says this, strength and dignity are her clothing. Strength 
and dignity are her clothing. For though the church, which is the weaker vessel, you know, speaking of the church as well, yet we are strong in Christ. We are strong in him. Power over the changes of temporal circumstances. We have power over our circumstances. We cannot let our circumstances dictate who we are, where we're going, the vision and the purpose that God has placed in our hearts and in our families. We cannot let the circumstances stop and intervene the plans of God. And I can't say that I have passed the test every day when it comes to circumstances. Many times my circumstances have dictated how strong I felt. Many times my circumstances have told me what to believe. But God is saying, you have strength and you have dignity. It says this, you are armed against all sorrow and care. You are able to bear and do all things. Look at the person next to you. You can do all things. Okay, now look at the other one and really believe what you're saying and say, you can do all things. Withstand every enemy. You know, I don't want to give the devil credit how strong and how mean and how vicious he really is because the power and the strength of God in you, you can withstand every devil, every principality, every power, every, every evil wickedness that's on the face of the earth. You can withstand it because you have the strength of God in you. Persevere in well-doing. So we must be clothed with strength. We cannot let, you know, like a lot of times we sometimes, you know, the, we, like, have you ever felt it like when your house is under attack and you're going, man, it must be an attack from the devil and things just like when it rains, it pours and it keeps coming and coming and coming. And sometimes all it takes is for us to stand up against it and say no more because the, I have the strength of Christ. In Christ, I am strong, and devil, get thee out of my house. That's sometimes that's all it takes. It's not another phone call to another friend. It's not another, you know, I got to do one more thing, you know, till you're blue in the face talking about, talking about it, talking about it. And God is saying, just stop and pray and do a strategic prayer towards that circumstance and say, get out. Sometimes that's all it takes. Is to be strategic with our words and fierce and say, I, I command you, Satan, to get out. You, I, ooh, you're coming, you're attacking what? Ooh, Mother Goose coming out. What are you attacking now? You're coming against what? You're coming against my family? You're coming against my marriage? You're coming against my finances? What? And all God is saying, rise up, mom, rise up, woman, rise up, daughter, rise up and fight because you have what it takes inside of you. Amen. Amen. We must rise up and not let the enemy attack. You know, the other day I was having, I had a dream and it was like, sometimes I have like these weird dreams. I don't know if it's because it's from exhaustion of kids or, but a lot of them, sometimes it is God just showing me something that I need to pray more in a certain area, you know, and I had this dream and I saw this these lions, they were like roaming around my house, just like we read in, in Thessalonians. You know, the lion was like roaming, roaming. And my kids were like not far from it. And uh, they were like, you know, wanting to get my kids. And I'm just like, oh, ho, 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 wait a minute. You know, don't mess with the cubs of mama bear. You mess with the cubs, you're messing with us, right? 
And I'm just like, you know, and the lion was trying to get in and, and trying to attack my children. And I'm just like in the dream, you know, no, get out, get inside, get inside, guys. And then those lions were trying to get to the door and get to the windows and trying to scratch in, you know. And I just woke up and I'm just like, wow, that's really the enemy. He's persistent. He wants to destroy my kids and he's never going to stop attacking our children. He's never going to stop attacking you in our marriages, in our family. He's never going to stop. He's going to stick with it until, you know, he thinks he can get in. And it's like, I plead the blood of Jesus. I woke up that morning. I said, I plead the blood of Jesus over this home. I plead the blood of Jesus over my children. I mean, I say the blood of Jesus. They think it's like some Kool-Aid drink or something. It's the blood of Jesus over your life. You know, they're going to bed. I'm like, the blood of Jesus over you, the blood of Jesus over you, the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. And if you get tired of hearing me and say it in, in, in English, I'll say it in Portuguese. I'll do whatever it takes, but it's the blood of Jesus in this house. The blood of Jesus at the doorpost, the blood of Jesus in every part of this room, in every part of this house. The blood of the Lamb. Amen. But we got to be strength. We cannot stop fighting. Fathers, we cannot stop battling in our homes. We cannot stop. We need to rise up and take our place as priests of our homes. Mothers, we need to rise up and take our place as mothers and, you know, as spiritual moms in our homes. We got to rise up. Don't give your household to the devil. Amen rise up, rise up. And when you get tired, God, it says, when you are weak, I am strong. I am strong. And we're going to pray at the end. If you need strength, you've gotten to a point where you're just, I have been out in the field. I am wounded and I'm exhausted and I need to be lifted up. And God will do that. God will lift us up. The other thing is to be clothed in true happiness. Everybody say happiness. I had to put that one in there. Proverbs 17, 22, that says a happy heart is what? Good medicine. Who's the happiest person you know? Does anybody, like, you know, you have a happy person that you don't, can you, can you picture the happy person? They're just happy all the time that it just makes you mad. Like, why are you so happy all the time? My husband, I can say he's almost happy, like, all the time. And it's like, why are you such in good mood all the time? But happiness, true happiness, it's really a medicine for the heart. You see, we as uh, girls, let me talk to the girls here for just a second. We, <laughs> that feels like, talk to them. You know, we really set, see if you agree with me, but we really are the thermostat of our homes. We set the mood in our homes, don't we? Because I know, because I do it. Okay? If I'm in a bad mood, everybody around the house knows that I'm in a bad mood. Everybody knows. And uh, my husband will be starting to get nervous. What's going on? What, what can I do? You know, what's the deal? Okay, why? And now he just tells me, why are you in a bad mood? You know, but it's like we set the thermostat in our homes. We make the choice how the mood of our home really can be. So happiness is something that we must intentionally clothe, our, clothe ourselves in. And of course, finding true happiness is found in Jesus. And usually when I am not happy, in a day or a few days. And sometimes I try to excuse PMS, you know, it's my period. You know, I'll make an excuse. I'm too tired. But the days that I choose not to be happy, not to be clothed in happiness is usually when I'm really going dry with my quiet time with the Lord. So true happiness is really found in Jesus. And then we have to make the decision, the moment when you see it coming, when that thing starts coming out, that's not happiness. We got to stop ourselves and say, well, wait a minute change it thermostat i gotta be in a happy mood 
I got to be happy. True happiness is found in Christ Jesus because it is a medicine for the heart. Uh, I was at a, um, at a salon the other day and it was a nail salon. I don't go to those too often. Trust me. We don't have time. And, uh, so I was sitting there, I was just kind of observing the room. I mean, I like to go to a random place where I don't know anybody. I'm just like, I want to relax. Don't talk to me. Just leave me alone in my little chair, me, myself, and the Vietnamese lady who doesn't know English. You know, we're good. We're having a good relationship here. We can't communicate to each other. Perfect. So I notice a lady walks in, and she's just, hi, just she wasn't like, you know, in her 20s. She was, she, she had like a 15-year-old kid, so she was, you know, mature. And she's just like, hi, everybody. And I just kind of watched her. I'm like, she's a happy girl. And so I just kind of paid attention to her, and um, she's just beaming. And, and of course, you know, here I am not wanting to talk to anybody. It's like the Holy Spirit's like, oh, you're going to go sit right next to her. And I'm like, oh, really? So the lady said, go sit over there. My accents, right? And uh, so I'm like, go sit over there for real. And so I sit at a chair, and the happy lady goes, oh, that's not the chair she wants you to sit. She wants to sit right here next to me. I'm like, oh, sorry. So I go sit next to her, and I'm like, oh, great, you know. And she looks at the owner, and she goes, Tim, smile. You're too serious. Tim, like, when I am too serious, because I'm walking, I'm walking. And she's like, but smile, Tim. And I don't understand what else he said. And so I was like, okay, I need to find out if this lady has Jesus in her life. She's got to have Jesus. Because that's just a little bit too much happiness for me. And so, um, you know, I can, girls, we can, we can strike up a conversation, you know, with, you know, what color is the rainbow outside? You know, we can go off and get to know everybody's life. So I was just like, um, so it's like, you're from here. I mean, of course she's from there. I mean, she lives, you know, she cuts grass. Or her, her family co- owns a company there. And I said, are you from here? She's like, yeah. She's like, oh, that's all she needed to know. She's like, oh, yeah. You know, my mom and I and my brothers, we all live in the same area. We all own the same lot. We're all together. And, yeah, we're from here. And I said, oh, great. And I was just like, oh, have you heard of the church? Um, Pastor Mark Summer, one of our friend pastors the church was right next to it i said oh have you heard of the pastor mark's church yeah i've heard of that church well make a long story short she goes to church and yes she's you know from what i gathered she knows jesus i'm like that's what it is this woman is way too happy it's jesus in her life and i was just like wow so then i stopped to pay attention i'm like man i really i need to be like that when i walk into a room i gotta come beaming with happiness because christians we shouldn't have a sour face We should never have a moody face. We need to be clothed in happiness. And then as I'm sitting there, the lady next to us was listening into the conversation, which we're great at that, right, girls? So she's listening into the conversation. Now, get this, okay? I'm wanting to walk in and not talk to the body and just go home, right? But now it's turned into a whole little small group, connect group. So she's sitting right here, and she's like, and so I turned to her, and I said, I don't know what I said. Like, you know, you have children. It's Mother's Day weekend. And then I said, uh, she's like, yeah, I heard y'all talking about church. And uh, she's like, well, I own a lounge. And you could tell, like, she just was not proud of it. She's like, yeah, but we're getting rid of that in about two years, you know. I know I don't go to church. And uh, and I was just like, oh, that's okay. Where is your lounge? <laughs> you know, I'm, like, all interested in her lounge. Uh, but I didn't want her to feel uncomfortable. And so I was just like, well, you know, make a long story short, I told her about Healing Place Church, and she's like, my daughter, she sings on the choir there. 
do you know Susan? And I said, yes, I know her. And she's like, oh, that's awesome. I said, well, come visit. Are you coming this weekend? And so to make a long story short, because of somebody's contagious happiness, it led on to this other lady who noticed our happiness in Jesus. So happiness is directly connected to Jesus. So we need to be happy because it's one of the things that Jesus is. Jesus is happiness. In Thessalonians 5.16, it says, Be happy in faith and rejoice and be glad, hearted, continually, always. Amen? So look at the person next to you and say, be happy. Be happy. Practice. Everybody smile. It's It's great. Make a commitment to be happy. And the last thing to be clothed in, I, ha- I only had four. So I think I did uh, strength, yeah, grace, happiness, and to be clothed in thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. There's something about thanksgiving. It's, an, it's, an, it's a weapon that's way more powerful than we give credit to. We think it's like, oh, just the word of God. But thanksgiving let me read this First uh, Thessalonians 5, 18, 5, 18 says, Thank God in everything, no matter what the circumstances may be, be thankful and give thanks, for this is the will of God for you who are in Christ Jesus. You see, it's easy to thank God. It's easy to have a thankful attitude or to be clothed in thanksgiving when everything is going great. But it's a whole different ballgame when you're going through some hard, hard stuff. And I wanted to share this. I want to get our Aaron girl to come on up. I'm getting close to wrapping it up, but I wanted to share this story about Thanksgiving. A few months ago, you see, my dad, he's happy all the time. That gets on my nerves sometimes, but I need to be like that. He's a happy, happy, happy guy all the time. I mean, my dad is the whistler type, and he thinks he can sing, and he really can't sing. But another trait that my dad has that I've really learned is Thanksgiving. I have... Literally, I don't remember an incident where my dad, when he was going through something hard, that he complained. Even in the hardest times of our lives as children and even now as grown up, my father will make sure to have Thanksgiving in his heart no matter what. So about a few months ago, I was going through some, having a little, not little, probably a big time attitude problem. Complaining. And uh, I just kept my complaining to God and uh, sometimes to, a lot of times, to my husband and my dad. And it was getting contagious. And complaining about my circumstances, I complained and complained to God as to why, why, why? I don't, you know, I don't deserve this. What are we doing? And it was a whole year, this process of just going through a drought. And in this drought, I, I, I was just really struggling with this whole having a, a Thanksgiving and having to be clothed in the things that I'm talking about here this morning. And God showed me something about Thanksgiving. I will never forget this moment. And I want to share it with you. He told me this. God said, build an altar of Thanksgiving in the center of your home. I mean, this is, was just as audible and as clear as I've probably ever heard God speak to me. He said, build an altar of thanksgiving in the center of your home. He said, because if you don't build it, the devil will come in and build an altar for himself. And it will bring him glory and not me. And that scared me. 
I'm like, this whole thing of complaining is really serious. Because God does say he does not like complaining. He hates complaining. And it's serious. And God said, if you don't build an altar of thanksgiving, he will come in and build something for himself to bring him glory. And I was just like, wow. And this is what I learned about the altar. Every time in the Old Testament that an altar was built, it was a place where the natural met up with the supernatural power of God. That's why God is challenging us and he challenges us daily to bring thanksgiving, to be thankful in the circumstances that you're in because that's where the natural is going to have an impact with the supernatural power of God. It's not just to pick on you and say, oh, I got to be thankful. This is so hard and I got to still be thankful because God knows that there is a supernatural meeting that can happen in your Thanksgiving. So we must learn the art of thanksgiving and embrace that in our hearts. And you know what I did? I began, this is crazy, I, cha- I challenge you to try it. I committed to do a 30-day complain-free. And in those 30 days, I realized how much I really complained. And how hard it really is. And how often I really did it. But I did it for 30 days. I said, Lord, I want to fast. You know, because we can fast food. We can fast our Cokes. We can fast our coffee. But fasting, complaining? You got to be kidding me. That was one of the hardest fasts I ever did. And God said, try it for 30 days. And every time you want to complain about that circumstance, thank me. Every time you think about that problem, every time it hurts, every time you're right in the middle, you want to scream and yell and you're so upset, thank me. For 30 days, God began to show the things in my heart and how really I needed to work in that area. And you know what's the coolest thing is? I'm still in the circumstance. I'm still in it. But... It doesn't get a hold to me anymore, and it doesn't beat me down like it used to back in the months, back in the year. At the beginning of the year, it doesn't get to me anymore. I'm like, really? I was mad at you? I was mad at this? Really? It doesn't get to me anymore. Because it wasn't about the circumstances, but it was my heart just really focusing and bringing everything and all the glory to God. So it's not the circumstances. God is saying you have strength. You have the crown of grace. Be happy and clothe yourself in thanksgiving. And that becomes an armed and dangerous human being. The devil will run because he hates it when you're praising God. He hates it when you're clothed in grace. He hates it when you're clothed in strength. He hates it when you're giving God thanksgiving and happy. He doesn't want you happy. Every head bow, we're gonna, I'm going to pray for you this morning. Every eyes closed. I'm wrapping it up very briefly. I'm right on. Just close your eyes for a second. Let the Holy Spirit speak to us for one second here. Is there anybody in here? I, I, I want to see if, if you're out there. First of all, if there's anybody in here, you just want to give your life to Jesus. This is your Sunday. You're in church and you're like, all right, I'm here. But I feel like today is my day. I got to surrender my life to Jesus. If you're out there, I want you to raise your hand real quick so I can see you. Anybody out there? I see your hand. I see your hands. 
Anybody else you want to give your life to Jesus? And are you been kind of going off a little bit? You're on the fence, but you're ready to commit your life to this awesome and mighty Jesus. Anybody else out there? Always want to give you a chance and opportunity. I see your hands. See your hands. Anybody else? You want to give your life to Jesus? It's about you. I also want to pray for moms and fathers and children, sons and daughters. You need the strength. You need strength. If you're out there, you want prayer for strength, supernatural strength. I see your hand. Anybody else? You need supernatural strength. Hands going all over this place. You need strength. Joy, happiness. Anybody need Thanksgiving? You want to do a better job at being thankful. Amen. I see your hands. I see your hands. I see your hands. I see your hands. We're going to pray. You can put your hands down. Let's pray right now. Actually, why don't we all stand? And bring your hands up to Jesus. And a lot, you know, we raise our hands. It's a true surrender. And it's like, God, we need you, Father. In the natural, God, we can't really do it. In our own ability, in our own power, we can't do it. Oh, but Jesus, when you come in and you take over us, we can be strong. Father, I pray for strength over every father, over every mother, over every son and daughter in this house, oh God. A strength that is supernatural, a strength that is not from them, God, but it's your power in them to keep the fight, to keep the good fight, to be diligent, to stay faithful in the battle. In the name of Jesus, Father, we pray for for just a, a joy that comes through this. Let it sweep through this house, oh God happiness, oh God, that we'll be Christians who are happy, Father, who celebrate salvation, who celebrate the life of Jesus, oh God. Let it be contagious, Father. Let our happiness be contagious, God. Everywhere we go, Father, in our grocery stores, to work, to schools, in our homes, God, let us have the right thermostat of happiness, God. Oh, Jesus, bathe me in happiness, Father. Let that be one of our righteous robes, God. Let it be happiness all over, God. Let it be contagious. Let people see the light of Jesus through us. Father, we thank you for the crown of grace. And, and Lord, if there's anybody in here struggling with condemnation, they're, they're struggling with forgiveness, and they have a hard time letting go and forgiving themselves, free them right now, Father, in Jesus' name. All we got to do is just let it go. We put it under the blood of Jesus. For there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And God, let every home in this place build an altar of thanksgiving in the center of their houses, God. Let it be there, Father. Let that altar bring an incense, Father, a smelling aroma to you, God, that's pleasing in your nostrils, Father, in the name of Jesus. Because that is where the natural meets with the supernatural, Father. Let there be thanksgiving coming out of our homes, not murmuring and complaining, God, but that we, Father, out of our lips and out of our heart, we give you thanks, O God. We give you thanks, O God, in the name of Jesus. And for those that gave their lives over to Christ right now, Father, they will be firmly planted in this church in the name of Jesus, that their roots will go deep, O God, that they will become true disciples of you, Father God, that they will not be on the fence lines, O Lord, but that they will serve you.
We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heartseas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.